Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It's October 18th, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. And we're going to be looking in the book of Romans today, looking at chapter 8, verses 18 through 30. Um, So today's passage is really going to be focusing on our our current, current sufferings, but ultimately the hope that we have in the future glory of being with Christ. And I think it's so, uh, it's so important for us to look at this passage, um, especially in the state of our world and, and everything that we see on media and the things that we see on the news and how the present suffering, even of our physical bodies is in the forefront of, of everything that we watch and everything that we hear in the midst of a global pandemic. I think we would all agree that, um, we have learned this year and, and really last that our bodies are, are fleeting. Our bodies are failing. Our bodies are weak and feeble. And that has been evident over and over again this year. And so we've seen so many people um, grow ill because of COVID-19. Um, but this passage is really helping us remember and focus on the future glory that we have in Christ Jesus. And Paul is writing this letter to the Romans, and he is using this as a reminder to them to not lose hope, to not lose sight, but to remember who Christ is and the hope that they have in him. And he really starts out right out of the gate in verse number 18. And he says this, and I feel like we could really spend all of our time on this one verse today. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul was reminding the church at Rome to keep a healthy perspective of the suffering and the persecution that they were enduring. He said it's so easy to be overwhelmed, but don't give up. Because we know it will not compare to the glory that is ahead of us. And I think that reminder is so important for us um, as, as we look through the book of Romans and as we live in the world that we live in, to not become overwhelmed with the sufferings at hand. I think we can look internally at our, at our lives and just start to list the hardships and the things that are at hand right now. You know, the things that we're struggling with. Um, maybe within our family, maybe um, physically. You know, there's multiple things that we could probably list that have impacted the way that we think or maybe sufferings that we are enduring at the moment. But we need the, we need this reminder, just as Paul was reminding the church at Rome, to, to not give up. To, they, these sufferings don't even compare to what is soon before us and the newness that we will find in Christ. You know, I had the, I had the privilege of, of reading some scripture with, with one of my daughters earlier this, um, this weekend. And, and one of the things she wanted to look at was uh, 
the descriptions of heaven and what does what does the Bible talk about heaven? You know, and I think any child knows, um, you know, the that heaven is a, a a good place, right? That's that heaven is a place that is free of sickness and free of sin, and we will be with Jesus forever. Um, but my daughter wanted to learn more about like what are the physical characteristics of of heaven. So we begin to look in Revelation twenty one. And um, we read in in verses 19 through 23 some of those characteristics and descriptions. And, you know, I won't read all of them today for sake of time of this podcast, but it, um, it talks about the walls being made of jasper. You know, the streets that were pure, pure as gold, pure gold, and they were as clear as glass. And then it talks about the foundation stones. And there were 12 stones that were inlaid, and they were all made of jasper and sapphire and emeralds and onyx and carnelian and all these different stones that it lists um, about the the way heaven will look. But this is what I wanted to, to look at in verse 23. It says, And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is the light. There's no need for a sun or moon in heaven because God illuminates the city with his presence. He is the light. Guys, and I think it's easy for us to look at the darkness of our world and the darkness of the things at hand and to say, I just can't do it or I just have to give up or this is too much. Guys, they, these sufferings do not compare to the glory that will that lays before us. He continues in 19, Paul continues in 19 and says this, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage and corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. As we live in a, in a culture that doesn't like to wait for anything, and I think when we look at waiting for our bodies to be made new, you know, and, and to not be subjected to to sickness and illness, um, it seems it seems overwhelming. It seems like I can't endure what is what is before us. But I think we have to put things into perspective as believers and to understand that these present sufferings will soon fade. That. In verse 21, it says the creation itself will be set free. So we will be set free from any kind of bondage and corruption that we have. And we will find freedom in Christ Jesus. We have to persevere. The church of Rome is saying, don't give up. Persevere because the glory of God awaits you. Because we can't give up. There's a beautiful passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 11 that talks about this newness. And it seems so far-fetched from the world uh, that we know as as of today. But listen to this. It talks a lot about, um, about dynamics. Um, and it says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion will be together. And a little child shall even lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. 
The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in a viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, and the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You know, it's hard to, to think about what that will be like in the newness of a new earth and a new creation. But this is what this is what the Lord desires of us and what will come. And we cannot give up. We persevere because these present sufferings do not compare to the glory of God. Verse 22 says this, For we know the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation... But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait, eagerly for the adoption of sons and the redemption of our bodies. Guys, we we desire a a, a new body, right? We desire the redemption of our physical bodies because we, we, we are... We are sinful creatures. Our flesh is fading. Our flesh is growing tired and weary. Um, and, and we will wait for our adoption as sons. Um, because we, we, have, we have to remember um, that in present, day, in present day sufferings, that the Lord's plan for us is so much bigger. So as we wait patiently, Um, we will see the redemption of our bodies. Verse 24 says this, For in the hope we were saved, um, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We wait for it with patience. You know, I... I look at my kids and my and um, you know preparing for for Christmas and what is to come and it's you know it's just October but this week my kids got um, Christmas catalogs in the mail right of what they want uh, for what they want for Christmas and they were circling and highlighting and saying this is dad this is what I want for Christmas etc. So. It's easy for a child to just circle things and wait in expectation of what is what is to come, right? Because they don't know what's going to be under that tree. They don't know what's going to be in that box. They're hopeful for what is what is to come. And I think in that same way, we we don't we don't completely understand what the newness of a new creation would be. You know, we our minds can't comprehend um, a sin, sinless world, a new body, a new creation. But it, we can we hope for that because we don't see it, but we wait for it with patience. And I think those those words you will see over and over again from verses eighteen to thirty. The words wait, 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 wait. We don't like to wait. Our culture doesn't like to wait. We we want what we want when we want it, and we want it now. We we don't like stoplights. We don't like drive through lines. Um, we don't like to wait on shipping. You know, it's crazy the world that we live in and how culture has shifted over the past uh, 15 years to a, to a culture that is uh, on demand. You get whatever you want when you want it. But it's so opposite from what the Lord has called us to do, to persevere and to wait um, for what he has called us to do, to be patient 
as we seek him. This is what it says in verse 26 and 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, I think that that verse is um, probably one that's written in your Bible or underlined or highlighted or on a picture frame or a wall plaque or something at your house. Romans 8.28, for we all know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, I think it's important for us to keep that verse in perspective um, and that God is able to turn every circumstance around for our long-range benefit. Because I think when we read that verse, it's easy to say, oh, how is God working these things out for my good when, you know, I just lost a loved one or I have a loved one who is ill or this, this, um, this trial seems um, so huge that I cannot overcome it. I think the key for us to remember is that God is turning these circumstances or using these circumstances to shape us and mold us for our long-range benefit. It's part of His plan. He's working not to make us happy, but to fulfill His purposes. And we don't often see that right in front of our face, but we can look back and we can see what the Lord is doing and how He is shaping us and molding us into who He wants us to become. And it's for our long-range benefit. I can look back and I could I could spend the next, you know, 30 minutes talking through um, circumstances that have happened in my life that seemed daunting and overwhelming, and I didn't understand why God was doing those. But over the over my um, over my life, as I look back, it makes complete sense why He did what He did. He had a plan and a purpose for my life and those issues and circumstances and hardships and trials that happened. But He was shaping me into who who, who He wanted me to become, and He's using these trials and hardships for me to be able to invest in others. Guys, it's not about us being happy. It's about God demonstrating his faithfulness to fulfill his purposes. And as we wrap up this in 29 and 30, it says this, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Because he, God didn't begin this work in us. God didn't do this work in the Romans to just walk away and to abandon, to abandon us. He has a plan and a purpose, and he is working in us and through us, and he is going to see this through. God is using each and every one of the of these things to shape us. And as we're going to look in next week. Just as a teaser, we're going to look at um, the the latter part of um, Romans chapter eight, verses thirty one through thirty eight, and this is what it this is how it starts. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
Guys, he has a plan and he has a purpose and he is working these things out for our good and for his glory. And if we know that, if we know that God is doing that and he is for us, then who can be against us? Guys, this week we're going to be praying for foster our foster care program and the Lord is doing such amazing things through this program. Um, so as we as we spend our time today, um, let's close in prayer praying for our foster care ministry. God, we are thankful for what you're doing in foster care, um, Lord, just across the ministry of Lifeline. Lord, to be able to see so many ministries impacted um, for these, these churches that have been impacted um, in Birmingham, in South Carolina, through um, through foster care and through heritage builders and so many opportunities. God, we pray that you strengthen them. Lord, bring the volunteers needed to execute these programs. Lord, we're grateful for them opening up not only their church space, but um, their staff to invest in the lives of these families. So God, we pray um, that you continue to bless these efforts. God, we pray for these children that are in care and for these birth families. God, may you bring these children to a saving knowledge of who you are. Um, Lord, may you help their their hearts and their minds heal from the trauma that they have endured. Um, Lord, we pray for quick reunification for their families, and may those families become safe family units. Lord, we pray for those adoptive families, and for um, Lord these cases not to linger in court. May there be closure for the benefit of all. Lord, we pray for the hope um, and salvation for these birth families. We pray for. Um, them to be motivated to meet their case plan and to accomplish their goals. We also pray for them to heal from trauma that they may have endured and, and for them to find freedom in you from any addictions that they're struggling with. God, we pray for these current foster families that are licensed. Lord, may you um, encourage them when they feel like quitting, they feel like surrendering their license and giving up. God, may you encourage them. Draw them back to Scripture. Surround them with people that can encourage them, God. Lord, we pray for more families that are willing to foster older children, sibling groups, or medical special needs. Lord, bring these people to these classes that we are praying for, God. Lord, we pray um, for for CPS. May we bear the burden that they are sharing um, across the nation. Lord, may we lock arms with them, encourage the the staff um, there that are working with the state for a holistic approach to serve families and children. And God, lastly, we just say thank you for our existing team. Lord, you have shaped such an awesome foster care team at Lifeline. We're grateful for how they persevere and for the almost 40 families that are in process um, to foster. So God, we, we are so thankful for these families and for the staff who is training. And Lord, may you do a mighty work in their lives as they bring these children into their homes. Father, you are so good. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.